0: every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. Maryland football is 4 and 0 after beating Michigan State 31 to 9. I'm Emmett Siegel here with Colin McNamara on the Testudo Talk podcast an instant reaction episode. We're not in the stadium this time. It's Maryland's first road game of the season, so you know we're coming at this remote, but uh but Colin, welcome to the show. Good to have you back. Um Biggest takeaways from today's game? Obviously, a, a fast start for the Terps, but then kind of holding on towards the end. Um, what kind of stood out to you? Do you think from from today's performance from Maryland?
1: For me, it was it was definitely the defense. I mean, we saw the the four turnovers last game, all coming in the fourth quarter, and then the five season high five turnovers today. It seems like kind of this defense is finding its identity. Uh, we kind of know what to expect from this defense, while you know we don't always know what to expect from the offense.
0: I 100% agree with you. Um, we saw it last week too. It was, I think we—that's probably can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm going to assume that's probably how we started last week's episode as well. After the Virginia game, where Maryland started slow this time and kind of flipped that, but they started slow and then their defense took over in the second half. And you saw those turnovers—they forced. I think it was four straight turnovers last week. Uh, they forced a season high five turnovers this week. That's a four. Was it no three interceptions and two fumbles? One on special teams. Um, really impressive performance from the defense. Against the Michigan State team that, I mean, you could kind of see it through their play. That that program is kind of reeling right now. Um, their quarterback, not impressive. I thought their running back, Nathan Carter, was looked like a good running back. He, he was running pretty hard, um, broke a couple tackles, kind of a hard guy to bring down. Um, but overall, Maryland's defense really did a good job today. Um, and, and those turnovers were huge. A couple, you know, big momentum shifters. You see when Maryland started to, to slow down a little bit on offense, that defense kind of picked them right up. That's exactly what you're looking for. Um, my biggest takeaway would be the fast start. Um, I know that they slowed down as we got farther into the game, um, especially when we got into the second half and maybe in the later parts of the first half when, when Talia Tungvaluwa went down out of bounds, um, kind of slow to get up, goes into the injury tent. There was a reason for concern there, and, and it certainly didn't look like the offense was rolling the same way it was before after that. But the way that they were able to get off to that fast start, we've chronicled it so many times how they went down 14-0, in their second and third games against Charlotte and Virginia, we needed to see a fast start from this team. We did. We're still yet to maybe see them put together a full sixty minutes of football, but definitely a promising sign to see that, especially on the road, they can get off to a fast start like that.
1: Right. Yeah. And you mentioned the the Leah injury. Um, obviously, not sure the full extent of it. It's kind of looked like you know he landed hard on the side. Maybe it was his arm. But yeah, the offense definitely wasn't clicking the same after he went down with an injury, I'm still curious as to how much that actually plagued the offense. Cause you know, obviously if he dealt with at least a somewhat significant injury, that's a, a reason for excuse, but yeah, the offense just didn't, didn't look great. Um, you know, second or yeah, you know, second half, really the entire second half, you know, third quarter, uh, wasn't great. Fourth quarter, they kind of got bailed out by that, you know, Octavian Smith junior screen pass that kind of inflated the inflated the score a little bit, made it look. A little bit better instead of just having you know a field goal in the second half they had those 10 points um but i mean yeah uh i guess i guess we'll see the full extent you know maybe you know locks will give some more information on that on tuesday but obviously he came back into the game so it can't be anything too serious
0: yeah i mean this is pure, pure speculation but from what it looked like to watching on tv we weren't able to make the trip to east lansing but just from from looking at it on tv and seeing the replay it kind of looked like maybe he, you know he got he got rolled up on his side he he, he took a shot but didn't seem like that was what was affecting him. It looked like he kind of got rolled up on his side, maybe his left side. Um, so maybe an, an arm, maybe a shoulder, uh, something like that. But but like you said, he came back into the game. And I think that the fact that he pretty much finished out the game should kind of quell any serious concerns about it. Now, maybe we'll see as, as the weeks go on, it could be something that lingers. We saw that last year, his knee was bothering him a bit. Um, and then it, it, he was able to stay in the games, but he clearly wasn't at 100%. And then it kind of you know, it boils over and eventually he had to get card off the field. He was miraculous. When we got card off the field last year, I thought a season was over. He was able to come back after a week, but uh, you certainly hope it's something that's not going to keep him out for too long, but let's talk about Talia a little bit. Um, the offense was moving really well to start the game. And we mentioned those, those three touchdowns, um, a little bit of difference maybe in, in what we've seen in some previous weeks in the way that they were, they were balancing the pass in the run. It felt like they were, a little bit more committed to the run than they were in, in previous weeks. But Talia looked very good in that first half. It was the Talia that that we've been seeing for the most part this season. And then the second half, it all slows down. And that interception in the end zone was, it reminded me of the Talia we've seen in past years that we've been kind of waiting for him to get out of his system. It seems like it's been a little bit less of that this year, but, but certainly that, that interception seemed like a killer right when it happened.
1: Right. You know, obviously looking at it optimistically, you could maybe, you know, attribute that the injury, but the fact that we've seen it, you know, the past few years, it seems unlikely. But uh, my biggest takeaway, I guess, from the offense on, you know, in the first half was kind of Ty Felton kind of finding his own. It seems like uh, each game, it, it's a different receiver that's kind of having the big game. And, and today it felt like Ty, you know, Ty Felton was kind of dominant in that first half, especially, you know, he had the first game against Towson, two big drops, one of them would have been a surefire touchdown. So, you know, good to see him, you know, kind of making his impact and, and getting more into that rotation of, of being one of those top guys.
0: Yeah. And that, that deep ball to him, was like a 30 something yard gain, Uh, really nice connection. Like you said, that that drop earlier in the season was kind of what we were uh, considering to be like the narrative around Ty Felton uh, on those deep balls, but it was good to see him to see him haul that in and Talia with a great throw there. Um, like you said, it kind of seems like it's someone different every week, and I think that is a great thing for this offense. It makes them even harder to game plan against. It's kind of a pick or poison group. You know, we've seen Caden Prather stand out. We've seen Corey Deitches, who, who by the way, um, I did a Q and A with the uh, with the only colors, which is Michigan State's SB Nation site before the game. They asked me what's a player that Michigan State fans might not know that you should keep an eye on. I said Corey Deitches. He had one reception for nine yards, so uh, maybe not the best prediction. But uh, but yeah, like. This this Maryland offense has the weapons to kind of split it up every week, depending on who it is. Octavian Smith had had a nice long touchdown. He finished with three receptions for fifty-seven yards. Like you said, Ty Felton leads the leads the team with sixty-seven receiving yards, and Kaden Prather has the most receptions on the team, actually by a decent margin, six for forty-five. But about the running backs, I think that we're starting to see a bit of a, a trend emerge that I was not expecting at all is that Roman Hemby while he's the lead back and I know he was he was nicked up they said he was a little bit limited this week but even though he's the lead back we're starting to see a little bit more Colby McDonald mixed in last year Antoine Littleton was kind of in that role of the of the second back and maybe he still is in terms of how they're game planning for him but it certainly seems like Colby McDonald is maybe the most productive running back on the, on this group uh so far this season and hit a big day today you know five five attempts for 38 yards isn't A monstrous stat line, but he had a 25-yard run, provided the spark when he needed him, and coming off a couple weeks where, you know, he's had some big plays, it was certainly encouraging to see that from Colby
1: McDonald. Right, and yeah, Loxley spoke about this on Tuesday, heading up to the game, that, you know, Roman, you know, still the, you know, lead back, smart, do-it-all guy. Um, Littleton the bruiser pass protector and Colby's kind of that change up and you can definitely see that is when he comes you know onto the field feels like at least once a game it's, it's like a burst for 30 yards and this all kind of came to be because of the kind of unnecessary penalty that that Littleton uh, took against Charlotte earlier this year that kind of opened the door for Colby to come in and kind of insert himself into this offense. And now instead of it kind of being, you know, a two-headed backfield, it's a three-headed backfield with all three of them providing different skill sets. Um, so yeah, Colby McDonald has been very, very explosive. I'm um, excited to see what he can do for us this season.
0: Yeah, and we're still no Ramon Brown. Um, we'll see what happens with him. He hasn't played yet this season. We saw him practicing earlier in the week, but um, still yet to see him on the field kind of Colby is kind of providing what I expected Ramon Brown to provide this team a little bit like you said like a change up between the Roman Hemby kind of lead back workhorse to the Antoine Littleton you know bigger bodied kind of power back um but yeah he's been a huge spark plug uh, I'm just looking at the stats right now that I have him in front of me and Maryland rushing yards one name sticks out to me on that Colton Spangler one rush for 14 yards uh, gutsy gutsy play um punting Loxley said he didn't call a fake punt and Colton Spangler rushes for that first down. Uh, certainly a bit of a spark play there um, from, from the Maryland special teams, which was overall pretty good. I know Jack Howes, What do you mean? He went one for three on field goals, right?
1: Um, I believe he only missed one with the, the 40 yarder.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, so I may have it wrong, but uh, Jack Howes was all right. He hit a, hit a pretty long field goal, was close to 50 yards. I think it was about 48. Um, So, you know, it's hit or miss, right? There's no Chad Ryland on this team and it's you're not going to knock Jack Housa. It's a little bit of a tongue twister. You're not going to knock him for not being Chad Ryland, who's, you know, a starter in the NFL. Um, but that forced fumble on that kickoff return, it's kind of garbage time, but you see a walk-on making a play. Um, that was Rex Fleming, I believe, or at least a former walk-on making a play on that kickoff return. But we saw a former walk-on make a really big play earlier in the game, which really kind of blew my mind. I hadn't I hadn't realized it. Uh, Loxley said after the post-game press conference, they've been using Sean Greeley in goal line situations. He's technically a linebacker, you know, positions can kind of be fluid, you know, wherever you are in the field is what your position is. But Sean Greeley, former walk-on who was just put in scholarship last year, catches a touchdown in a short yardage situation. What was your reaction to that? I was, I was pretty shocked when I saw that and a pretty cool story as well.
1: I was honestly just confused how he ended up in the end zone. I was like, I thought Maryland's office offense was on the field. Uh, but I mean, yeah, it was it was a great play action play The entire Michigan State defense dove towards the middle and Talia just flicked the ball out to, to Sean and and he got the touchdown. And, and I, I know you asked during the you know, the postgame presser when the last time he scored a touchdown was and that was during his senior year of high school, which was four and a half, five years ago.
0: Yeah, fifth year senior. Uh, this is his, I guess, second year on scholarship. So a great story there. And it's kind of cool. Like we said, you know, it's kind of a anyone can step up, kind of feel with this team. Um, just to see a guy like that that kind of embodies it. Uh, so yeah, pr- pretty cool moment there. And like we said, that was part of Maryland's start. Um, but that, let's 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 flip the ball to defense. Our biggest takeaways from defense, I know, I know that we kind of already hit on it. Um, but those turnovers, right they they seem to be coming in waves now, and it seems to totally flip the game. And Noah Kim, you know, the Michigan State starting quarterback. You know, he had his moments. There were a couple moments where Michigan State started pushing the ball down the field, but overall, not a very impressive performance from Kim, um, and, and Maryland certainly made him pay there. That Maryland defense might not be the most talented in the trenches. I know they they had a couple stretches where they were able to get consistent pressure. Not necessarily the most talented in the trenches, though, but that secondary is really holding up well, not that linebacker group is really holding up well. We saw Tar Heap still get the interception. Um, we saw Bo Braid, who was out in the Virginia game with with an injury or, or whatever it was. And he, he was out last week coming back and you know, on his first possession back, he gets the interception that Maryland secondary is really holding up. Well, seems like that defense is going to kind of carry this team, at least on a more consistent basis. That offense has that high floor, low ceiling potential. This defense has been really solid and it certainly seems like the defense is ahead of the offense. In my opinion, Do you, would you agree with that? that? That's just my opinion personally.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of the case, you know, early on the season, um, most coaches will say, you know, it kind of takes the offense a bit of time to click. Um, but yeah, the defense has come out and, you know, while the offense has had their moments, the defense has just it feels like they've been solid throughout every single game that yeah. you know Maryland's played the season.
0: For sure. Um, and speaking of that, we're four games into the season now and Maryland is four and Um, this is why they were four and in twenty twenty one, I think it was. So last year they were they were three and before that Michigan game. Uh four and with Indiana on the horizon, a very good chance of this team going 5-0 and into Ohio State. Obviously, it's a bit too early to you know call your shot in, against any Big Ten opponent, but this team will certainly be favored to go 5-0 and next week. We're a third of the way through the season. It seems like it's flying by, but we're a third of the way through this season. Would you say these first four games, I asked this to Andrew after the last game, but I figure since you're on here, I'll, I'll ask this to you after the fourth game of the season. Through four games, through a third of this season, would you say that you are higher or lower on this Maryland team than maybe you were coming into the season?
1: I would, I would say I'm higher just because, you know, I mean, while we predicted them going five and O to start the season, to see them actually, you know, go four and O and and have this opportunity to go five and O is still kind of a reassuring thing, you know, no games ever given no matter how much they're favored by. Um, and, you know, the offense, again, we talk about it, the inconsistencies, but they've shown flashes like, you know, second half against Virginia for first, basically the first half now here against Michigan State, the defense has been better than I expected them to be. If the offense can just kind of put together, you know, at least three quarters of offense and then the defense continues to play, you know, as well it ha- it, as well it has been playing. I, I I don't think there is a team that can beat Maryland in the big 10 or on their schedule outside of the Penn state, the Michigan and the Ohio States.
0: I think I 100% agree with you. Um, I would say that we're still, and this is not like a hot take. We're still yet to see this team put together a full 60 minutes, but I would dare you to show me a team that has put together a full 60 minutes. I mean, every team in the country has had its struggles and you know, while Maryland has certainly had its and, maybe hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt from recent years, or at least when you look at its recent past, it hasn't necessarily earned the benefit of the doubt and, you know, what these starts can be. And maybe the margin for error is a little bit slimmer. I think you have to be optimistic about this team. And, you know, I've seen a lot of discourse from the Maryland fans. And I know, you know, the people that are commenting and, you know, sending messages and stuff are, you know, not necessarily representative of the entire fan base, but a lot of people, you know, expressing a lot of displeasure about this Maryland team. And You know, they're nitpicking, you know, the little things that need to be fixed. And while there were definitely some real concerning things against some weaker opponents in Michigan State, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that team kind of just rolls over after everything that's happened. The way they started this game was not inspiring at all. And, you know, even though they finished it with a little bit of momentum, it felt like that was more so because of Maryland's mistakes and Michigan State's play. I think you have to be optimistic about this Maryland team and enjoy it while you have it. Because this team is 4-0, and we're a third of the way through the season. And they haven't lost yet. Looking at next week, they're probably going to be favored. No, they're definitely going to be favored. It's just a question of how much they're going to be favored by. you got to enjoy you know, this, this season while you have it. And what you've seen from Maryland, sure, it hasn't been perfect, but they're 4-0. They won their first Big Ten game. They won their first road game. They've passed essentially every test that you can ask them to. So you know, now you just kind of sit back and see where it goes. Um, and, and I'm definitely interested to see what happens against Indiana. I know Ohio State is, is the one that maybe a lot of people are circling. Maybe this is kind of a look ahead game that they got coming up. But, you know, for a team to be 4-0 this, this, at this point with, you know, Maryland has been brought back to earth so many times after starting 4-0 and they have a chance to go
1: 5-0. I mean, you got to be optimistic about where they are at this point in the season, I think. And you, you mentioned the nitpicking, but at the end of the day, none of the final scores have been close at all. And there hasn't been a single point in any game where I felt like Maryland's going to lose this game. Down fourteen, nothing to Charlotte was, I guess, maybe the closest, just because Charlotte had so many question marks going into the season. But there still was never a point where I felt like Maryland was truly going to lose this game. Same thing with Virginia, Michigan State. We kind of dominated throughout, or at least in the first half. I mean, you can you can nitpick all you want, but at the end of the day, the results are exactly what you would have wanted. The final score thirty-one to nine. Who wouldn't take that against Michigan State? You know what was it? 42 to uh, 14. 14. Yeah. It's 42 safe. to
0: 14.
1: Yeah. That's, that's a result that, that you take with like gladly. You can say what you want about the slow start, but at the end of the day, the final results they're putting out is something that you would absolutely take every single day of the week. So again, it's the nitpicking, but at the end of the day, if they're winning games and they're winning them handedly, there hasn't been a game where I've been concerned that they might lose.
0: Yeah. And I guess that's kind of our job is to nitpick a little bit, but but even so, I mean, I'm just looking at this as we wrap up this episode with a little bit of a, a big-picture lens. This team is 4-0. This team beat Michigan State. You know, it's a bit of a skewed stat, I, I know, because they haven't been in the same conference as Michigan State for that long. But they beat Michigan State on the road for the first time in, like, 70 years. Um, they have a chance to be 5-0 for the first time in, trying to think off the top of my head, I mean, 20 years, something like that.
1: Um, I believe.
0: Yeah, so, uh, you know, they 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 have everything in front of them, right? You would much rather have these games happen now where you can correct them after a win than you would later. And maybe this will all get exposed against Ohio State. I'm sure that, you know, that game, they're going to have to play a full 60 minutes if they even want to be competitive. It's going to, you know, same thing against Penn State, same thing against Michigan. Maybe another hard game pops up on the schedule. But when you look at the way Maryland's schedule is shaping up, look at the way they've played. um, This team is undefeated, right? And there's only so many teams that can say that right now. So I'm certainly a lot more optimistic than maybe I was at the beginning of the season for no reason other than the fact that they've taken care of business thus far and sure they have things to work on, but, uh, but I'm taking that, you know, kind of as a, as a thing that you'd rather have after a win. they got the result, it is what it is. Um, Colin, anything else to add before we, before we head out?
1: I'm, I'm just, I'm just very excited for Ohio state. That's all I'm going to say. Obviously you can't, diminish the game against indiana because you still have to go out and play they're a big 10 team they can beat you no matter how much maryland is favored by indiana can beat maryland but i'm 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 excited for that ohio state game and the potential of, of both teams being undefeated
0: yeah and we're recording this at 8:23, So so um, we don't know what's going to happen with ohio state versus notre dame yet but um certainly a potential for an undefeated matchup in columbus which would be pretty crazy i know maryland's had a couple of you know big games at home but Uh, This would certainly feel like maybe their biggest in in recent memory. Uh, And, you know, it's a road game, but the biggest game they're going to be playing in in terms of national spotlight could definitely see this team creeping into the rankings if they can beat Indiana next week. Um, But we'll be here on the Testudo Talk podcast to review all of that as it comes along. Thank you all for listening. Uh, We'll be back later in the week previewing Maryland's game against Indiana and back after that game and after every other game reacting just as we are now. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you later in the week.